KXSF LP San Francisco 102.5 FM. This is the Friday Morning Frequencies in the House and San Francisco Community Radio taken over from San Francisco Public Press. KSFP on the FM airwaves trading off with our frequency partner until 4 p.m. But always streaming at KXSF.FM. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming along. The Friday morning frequency, or actually, this is now Frequency Uplift, a consolidated experience for y'all. Thanks for coming along. Today, we're very excited for our first Friday's Poet. Happy December, everyone. Good morning, and and happy, happy beginning of whatever season this is for you. First Friday's poet, Anthony Cody, is going to be in the house reading from his works, The Rendering and Borderland Apocrypha, taking on the deep history and some of the lineage of the Bracero program and the Dust Bowl erasures and, and strategies for moving forward in these times. And in the second hour, against amnesia and historical forgetfulness. We'll talk with author and organizer James Tracy, perhaps some other core organizers from this Sunday's Howard Zinn Book Fair, coming back after several years of pandemic absence, a celebration of people's history. And we'll talk more about that. And a chat with uh, a community gardener from the Mission Greenway Project, our poet's playlist, some music, all the usual things. Thanks again, to our frequency partners, KSFP, for holding down the last four hours, and for Carolyn on the interwebs. I'm going to start with a uh, some brand new music, and it seems appropriate. In the background, we're hearing a little, a little local music, a little Gamelan Sekerjaya and the Clubfoot Orchestra, Legong, a live recording of... Yeah, the dance of the virgins. A wonderful uh, piece, but we're going to move into something a little more up. And there we go. KXSF is underwritten and, and supported by Old Jerusalem, a small family-owned Mediterranean restaurant with a beautiful heated outdoor patio. Old Jerusalem is 16 years in the heart of the mission. Their West Bank cuisine is a traditional spread of Middle Eastern delights, ranging from lamb, mansaf, shawarma, kebabs to vegetarian dishes like falafel and homemade hummus, plus their famous dessert kanafa, made in-house on a traditional cast iron griddle. You can check them out at www.oldjerusalem.co or visit a 2966 Mission at 26th, two blocks from 24th Street, BART in San Francisco. And I'm excited. After having some early technical difficulties to be playing the beginning track of our poets playlist. From the amazing back 
Black to the Future from Sons of Kemet back in 2021 to never forget the source. And I'm excited to have in the house with me First Friday's poet, author of The Rendering, just out this year on Omadon Press, and author of Borderland Apocrypha, Apocrypha also out on Omadon, uh, a winner of the National. National Book Award and an amazing work. A Catamundo Fellow from Fresno, California, with his lineage in the Bracero program, which I'm sure we'll get into in the Dust Bowl. His work has appeared throughout a variety of forums the American Academy of American Poets, journals like Gulf Coast and Ninth Letter, an editor of uh, an editor and and a translator from uh, Juan Felipe Herrera's Acritica on Noemi Press and co-publisher there. Poetry editor at Omidon. And with any luck, my, my connections will hold. That was Sons of Kemet the first track on Anthony Cody's Poets Playlist. And after a moment of, uh, of difficulty with uh, connections, I think we're, we're here. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Anthony, for coming through. I really do appreciate you uh, making the time. I know you got a busy, busy schedule. Um, and yeah, I, had a, I, I just got in your track. Tell me a little bit about um, Sons of Kemet and and the uplift that you feel from that um, an yeah, amazing yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, during the pandemic, you know, there's always there's always been a difficulty of you know sitting in a room and trying to write as everything collapses around you, uh-huh. um, and more so now than ever. Um, but really, sitting uh, with their entire album, I think it provides sort of an energy there for me to channel and and move forward and you know meet the page in a new way and i think their music is definitely doing that meeting sound meeting meeting my ear in a new way to help me you know kind of go forward and i appreciated that and i sat with that that this specific track um for really weeks on end just kind of listening to a little loop and seeing where it takes me uh well, it's it's a favorite of mine for sure, and I was excited. To, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good. I'm a big Sons of Kemet fan, and wonderful. Yeah. Um. So, so are you still in Fresno? Are you making the big? Yeah. I know you have a big schedule this weekend coming through. Yeah. A lot going on. Yeah, you know. Um. Yeah, I'm still here in Fresno right now. I'm gonna make the trek up uh, tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's kind of that's uh yeah. So right now it's uh, kind of getting things together before I uh, take take away for the weekend. Nice. Um, so let me ask you a little bit about um, your work. I mean, you've um, released an amazing book on Omidon, won a bunch of awards, the, the mm-hmm. um, Borderland Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay. Um, and, and and really a part it's it's a very and and part of the the difficulty with some of works and some poetic works that 
mm-hmm. that we I bring on is you know the really interesting graphical nature of the work, <laughs> and and how it how it sponsors lots of alternative readings and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, but but most importantly, it's clearly um, uh, years of research in that and um, lots of very incredible um, work that 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 digging into past digging into erased histories digging into um but but i and i imagine your lineage maybe tell us a little bit about that you talk about you know coming out of the roots of the bracero program from you know 48 into 65 when 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 workers were coming through and as well tell tell me a little bit about that yeah yeah i think i think definitely there's something about like a submerged history um, that definitely has always propelled me in my own work, just being of uh, Irish, uh, Oklahoma, mm. uh, Oki, uh, Dust Bowl refugee, and Mexican, Bracero. Um, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us sort of ancestry. Right. So it's all these sort of like swirling uh, submerged histories that are just right there on the surface that we all are all familiar with just enough to think we know, but also know nothing about because we think we know something about it. Mm -hmm. And then meanwhile, swirling all about all of this is, you know, the reality of, you know, um, this sort of new interpretation of what is truth, Um, Mm. which um, sort of feels like every day is a new sort of uh, uh, challenge of what do you remember? No, that's not what you remember. Um, Sort of a gaslight, a gaslit history of sorts now. which we see happen in real time. Um, so those are kind of, those are things that sort of propel me and had me digging in the archives of of, bo- of all my lineages. And I think in some ways it's funny because I've never, I've never felt comfortable talking about myself. In some ways I've used, I thought the archive was a way for me to sort of um, not talk about myself. Instead it just became sort of its own prism in which my my identity and my my feelings and my history sort of trickle out um i can't hide it right um so so both so so that so my first book definitely was thinking through um sort of those violences the histories of violences against mexican and mexican americans after the treaty of guadalupe hidalgo in uh, 1848 and how that sort of you know uh, kind of steadily works its way forward in the time and suddenly i found myself like writing about the present day um, which is not something I had initially sort of thought about the early stages of some of this research. Um, and in that same way, my latest book, uh, The Rendering, is thinking through climate change and uh, the Dust Bowl and how we sort of have continued to sort of do things to the land and always kind of chalk it up to, oh, that's just, you know, the way the wind blows, literally and figuratively, right. and never kind of giving it any sort of other other thought, at least not like on a collective scale. I mean, granted, obviously, we're all sort of individually definitely aware of, you know, reuse, reduce, uh, recycle, um, but not so much on a corporate level um, or an empire level. (laughs) Seriously, and then that is really what we're we're digging into when we dig into these kind of histories is just Mm -hmm, the broad mm -hmm. and institutional nature of of yeah of the of of the programs of the oppressions of the things that. that that influence us and 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 sort of sort of set our histories and our individual kind of prisms through which we view things and so that's a really i think important distinction to know 
like how you you know it's not just a personal thing really you're dealing yeah. you're dealing and trying to understand these broad systems um it seems like you're working in that way you you do a lot of education at this point and and mm-hmm. and, and do yeah. and, and work as both an editor and a curator for for noemi press and and mm-hmm. omidon some i said <laughs> yes 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 uh, yes you know, props to the to 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 those amazing groups. Um, you can't see that. You know, the miracle of radio. No visuals. You you know, sporting the no t shirt and uh, and uh, we're, we're both representing. Um, yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's 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 funny because um, I would never, when I started, you know, this journey of writing, I would never have thought that I would have found myself, uh, you know, in education or in publishing because I think for the longest time, especially thinking about my own sort of mixed ancestry, I've always been sort of out of place and never really understood what a place would be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of in some ways I just find, you know, in the communities of both Noemi and Omnidon and in, you know, education that I've sort of created and curated to help sort of uplift and support other writers mm-hmm. that I've found like a community um, sort of by accident, you know, it's sort of an intentional labor of just trying to make space. And then suddenly you're part of that space too. And it's kind of been a beautiful, wonderful journey for me. Nice. Well, I wonder if we could impose upon you to read something from one of your works. I mean, yeah. Um... You know, yeah. You, I know you mentioned one of the things about, you know, my, my work is definitely that it is a visual of nature. Uh, one of the many, the many hats I've worn over time is that of graphic designer. Mm. So that, that definitely comes into play in a lot of my work. Uh, maybe I'll read, I'll read, um, I'll read one of the poems from the opening section, which is sort of a cascaded history of how we think about time and how time is always sort of happening and collapsing on us. Um, I would several probably now a decade ago as time flies i was trying to uh, get a passport photo at a walgreens and uh, this sort of propelled the opening of my book because it's one of those things of being both of mixed ancestry but of also depending on how i present or interpreted by uh, the other person i don't know uh, if they think i am white or am i brown um but more importantly that what that provides is sort of this window into another perspective where someone is uh, either making a joke a racist joke or maybe even a microaggression against me. So he wanted to know if I was running away um, when I was trying to get my passport photo. Of course, this was sort of in the onset of, uh, of the 2016 or prior to the 2016 election. A passport photo asks me to two by two myself and capture what I am in neutral. And I recall I have yet to see the chamber of my heart turn tusk. A passport photo should be mailed to the federal government with my birth certificate. And I wonder if they will return. Consider the power of printed paper. Asks me daily, am I brown? Am I white? Am I? I am. Am I? I am. Am I? I am. I am. I wonder when the tense transitions. Two by two myself, a neat shape raises no questions and tells you no lies. Capture what I am in neutral. I have yet to see a sunrise in the shadow or a child birth itself from the inside of a Joshua tree. And this does not mean it is not possible. The chamber of my heart is a quiet, 
quiet, the outside of a pulse driving into a fire. Turn tusk, turn dusk, turn day, turn lingua, turn lingua, turn franca, turn espanol, turn sombra, así, atrás, allí, acate, here, yes, here, yes, here, it is dark. Wow, that was amazing. And I was interesting. I was, again, trying to follow the page. And lots yeah. of re real interesting alternative readings yes. and ways to approach this work. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you it, know, I wonder how you think about that. You know, is that for, yeah. for you, for the audience? Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's one of those things where I struggled bit for many years trying to r write through and a classic, you know, left aligned uh, poem, not in the way that I couldn't write one, but it didn't feel like the totality of what I wanted to do, right? There was, a, there was so much more potential in the page. And sometimes even the page itself was a restriction. Uh, both of my books uh, sort of push that, sort of what works across the spine of a book, mm -hmm. what works across pages, you know, having to go back and forth across pages. So often we're, thought, we're thinking of how a book works, you know, from, from point A to point B, but what happens if, from point A to point B, you have to go back to A to get back to, to B. And I think that's sort of like a relensing um, and it's sort of a slowing down too, um, in terms of the pace of the world, the pace of how we in incorporate data. But I also think that, you know, sort of in, in delving into the experimental, I know that even, you know, there's a soft magic in poetry in general, where, you know, I could write, um, you know, an elegy to someone who's passed and be a very somber poem and something very emotional to me. And I could read it and someone could be like, wow, that's, you know, such a wonderful tribute to your friend. I it was happy. I was, you know, it was very joyful, but, you know, internally I'm like, oh, I was very sad. Right. So there's still going to be any opportunity. There could be that mixed messaging. Um, so for me, when I'm doing this, I'm always trying to provide, you know, maybe a cue or two to help kind of navigate the reader through, um, or just also know that there is maybe no wrong way to read the poem. Right. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, that's something where I have to give up my own sort of my own conceit that I wrote the poem. And that's then up to the reader to then feel as though what feel what's what lands for them. Mm -hmm. And I like that, too, that it becomes sort of a collaborative on the page between myself and a reader and what they what they uh, gain or glean. And sometimes I appreciate that more than what I had intended. Right. Like, or, or my, my brain had thought this poem is this. And then someone reads it and, or a student comes to me and says, oh, I really liked how you did this and this. And it made me feel this way. Or I saw this and I'm thinking, I like that better. Mm. Your, 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 your answer is right, too. You know, right, exactly. Uh, it's, it's amazing to go through and to also see, you know, the in, in this book, especially the, the mm -hmm. Borderland Apocrypha again. We're we're speaking with Anthony Coe, Cody, our our first Fridays poet today, and um, there's there's you know the whole there's there's places where the text is crowded and and it's obscured and and places where it's upside down and there's a whole mm. thing of of understanding how we we understand history from these weird mm. lenses and and I was thinking of um, the a poem that uh, really struck me recently, An another mm -hmm. sort of poem of er erasure, um, mm -hmm. Nicole, uh, um, uh, Nicole Seeley, Seeley. Er erasure the Ferguson poem. Yeah, the Ferguson yeah. poems. Yeah. And how 
there there is such an amazing school of now I think of engaging these kind of texts of doing archival work as you do and kind of yeah. extracting the truth out of official obf obfuscation right yeah 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 that's something you know that's you know it's something that that is just kind of it's always there bubbling on the surface right i think for me of of you know you always hear the reporter you see the the headline you know man shot by bullet mm. you know or police shoot man with bullet or bullet lands in man after police fire gun or something you know it's like what what really happened there what was being said and i think that's part of it too of going through these legal documents going through these court documents going through these sort of narratives and spins that were being put on the history books or the history or the, or the archives and being able to extract that and see this is this is kind of no there was this other story happening while this other this other uh truth was being pushed forward um i also you know i have had the benefit of ha my partner is also a poet and um i spent many years with her working through like cia uh leaked documents wow. um or 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 redacted documents um in post vietnam war era so like there's also a it's a tool right like you have to practice it mm -hmm. i tell people sometimes i just uh you know We'll find a book at a thrift store and sort of work on doing some erasure or some blackout poems just to, you know, kind of fine tune that that sort of antennae right. of being able to, like, look through a text and what is there in that language or, you know, what kind of tone is being set in the use of that language. Mm -hmm. Tell me, uh, so so where did you how was your historical research in this like did you do some really i mean it's a book that seems mm -hmm. many years in the in the in yeah the, in the brewing yeah all that yeah yeah I, you know it's one of those things that you know i didn't realize i was working on the, the book um borderland apocrypha while working on the book and doing just general research i know these are they're, these are histories that like i was saying earlier that i was familiar with but not totally entirely sure of um, and sort of as I kept doing this research, I kept realizing that these, there was like this body of work that I was, you know, reading, 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 or online looking at all these other databases and suddenly understanding that, oh, wait a second, you know, this is a book. This is, this is, you know, something's coming, something's coming here into shape. Um, and I remember still around that same time, around two, 2015, 2016, leading up to that election, I remember seeing something from, it was a graph over time or a map over time from the Southern Poverty Law Center, mm. thinking through uh, lynchings and hate crimes in the United States. You know, this is the, the wonderful uh, rabbit hole you find yourself in doing mm. research as a poet. And I saw this, this chart and I'm, I'm moving the slider back. One of the things that I was noticing was how sort of these crimes, which is sort of, they never stopped. They just sort of, moved around like a swarm of bees on top of the map mm -hmm. and you know south the north the south the southwest the west and then you know i got to a point when i you know there was like one dot in california and it, you know that was like 1850 and that it kind of was like the moment where i was like no i think yeah i think this is something here and i have to kind of follow that all the way through and so after like i would say almost a decade of like just research. And when I say research, I, it wasn't like every day I was out, you know, right. combing through things, but, you know, working, working jobs and doing what I can 
to you know serve the poem, serve the archive, and eventually getting there. Um, nearly a decade, I would say, almost like eight or nine years, give or take. Some of the poems actually are earlier than that, um, but for the most part, about a decade of kind of really mostly a lot of books and a lot of online a lot of online sources to kind of get to where I had to get to. And then my next my next book was about six years, so mm. I guess I'm 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 tuning the antenna to move a little bit faster, but it's still it's yeah. slow work, right? Yeah. It's slow work. Well, I was really uh, interested, and I only read, I think, one out of the rendering. Um, uh -huh. How that, how the the your history as a Dust Bowl immigrant, you know, yeah, of, yeah, uh, your yeah. family coming uh -huh. through that, um, how those stories influence that work. I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot of personal and history I'm, in that, and yeah, uh, there's so much. That one is a. I have a very complicated history with like my relationship to whiteness because for mm -hmm. many years i kind of rejected it um because uh, you know it's some so much of what i was grappling with in the first book of you know am i the oppressor or am i the oppressed and i think that's a really a sort of faulty binary mm -hmm. because you know we know that we can kind of work across those spectrums you know empire doesn't necessarily have to be along racial lines or <laughs> or anything like or anything of that in terms of you know trying to gain or subjugate to have power um but one of the things specifically for the rendering which was difficult for me was that both of my grandparents uh, my paternal grandparents um they suffered from alzheimer's and dementia my grandmother less so my my grandfather very early in my childhood so a lot of those stories a lot of those histories were things passed down in some cases from my mom who just remembers listening to them when she got married to my father or in bits and pieces from my father. Mm -hmm. And, and it's sort of in that, like that re-understanding of what that, my relationship is to it, um, to all of it and sort of trying to recapture some of it, because I don't know if I'm even, I don't even know if I, if I've even touched the part where I start, where I started writing the book, mm -hmm. but I know that there's bits and pieces of that there that kind of, kind of like bubble out of my, of memory, of dream and things that we fail to sort of grasp at because it's tricky when we're trying to work through memory and Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm. There, there's, yeah, I, I know those experiences personally yeah. I mean, from, from my family and just how yeah. intense that can be to try to piece together personal history, to try to yeah. understand and, and, and sort of come to terms with some of those um, Th things um i you know you also have worked uh, probably in in conjunction with your partner on uh Hamang, um yeah. work and sort of bringing it bringing those re really marginalized voices to the fore yeah. um yeah. tell me a little bit about that work and um yeah you know that's really interesting <laughs> yeah. yeah to, to yeah. hear yeah. all those voices from from the from you know farm worker communities yeah, and yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's it kind of goes back to my own sort of struggle of finding place, mm -hmm. right? Of trying to understand where 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 and what ways that I could have community in the world, uh, because one of the one of the things that I you know realized in maybe the mid two thousands, um, when my partner and I began kind of working with uh, uh, and helping support and organize the Hmong American Writer Circle, um, which ended up with uh, being an anthology, How Do I Begin? 
uh, Hmong American Literary Anthology, uh, published by Heyday Books um, uh, down the street, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and one of the, the elements of, in my own sort of understanding and 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 trying to find place, I found community with um, a lot a lot of first and second generation Hmong among Americans because of the fact that we our history still overlapped when we were here living in Fresno. Uh, some of my closest friends, you know, we, you know, their story before getting to Southeast Fresno was vastly different, but our experience of living here in Fresno and Southeast Fresno were very much aligned. So there was still that, there was still that sort of language and experience that we could still relate to one another. And for really the first time in my life, I found like a nurturing writing community in which I could help uplift and support them in their work, but also have a space where, you know, I didn't feel out of place in wanting to talk about sort of the strange histories that I encountered because none of it felt out of question when you're thinking about Hmong and uh, Southeast Asian and uh, diasporic uh, uh, journeys post Vietnam War and <laughs> the CIA involvement. So nothing was, you know, nothing sounded too far fetched when I'm talking about thinking through what, you know, how the acquisition of the Southwest happened, right? right so right. it was it was it was very nurturing and very supporting, and still, you know, there's to this day, you know, my friends. I count all among them there from the Long American Writer Circle, who definitely helped nurture me in a time when I didn't know if I could be a writer or if I could have a book in me. And that was something I didn't even, you know, know if it was a possibility. Seems like that commonality is 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 rooted deeply in, again, addressing those historical issues and, and kind of like understanding <laughs> the broad... The, you know the the way borders are crossing people yeah, internationally, yeah. right? From the yeah, War Treaty of Guadalupe yeah. Hidalgo to American Empire and and, and, yeah. and those kind of agendas in Southeast yeah. Asia. Yeah, and for me, you know, for me, it also becomes you know, like I think part of the work of working and making poems from an archive and a docu poetics uh, sense is I don't know if I've ever felt the freedom to just make like art for fun mm. and you know there i feel like there has to be a stake there has to be some sort of of larger truth that we're all trying to seek and work towards um i have such a wide a wide background just because of being a poet you're always trying to like piecemeal a a a, a life together and i remember years ago right around the time i started working with the Hmong american writer circle i was reading um theater of the oppressed by uh, agosto boyal because i was doing like some youth community theater work and i remember something in there where he was talking through like the greatest artistic act it can be a political one mm -hmm. to that's the highest that's the highest goal essentially for any artistic act and doing and he was using popular education to sort to engage in communities in, in south america and um, I think that stuck with me. That stuck with me, you know, these 20 years later. I still think that, you know, when I'm making art, there has to be a political moment, a political act uh, in it or some sort of um, friction to help sort of maybe agitate a little bit, whatever that is. Right. Um, I wonder if I could ask you again to maybe read something from the rendering. And, and, okay. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no problem. Okay. We're, no. I realize we're kind of running a little late. This is, this discussion is just insane. I know time time flies. No, that's totally fine. Um, let's see. What do I read from here? Um, 
I'll read it. Um, first poem. Um, I think I started um, by scrolling on Twitter and watching uh, a logging machine um, to sort of take apart a tree in a matter of seconds. Mm. And um, there's also a moment in here where one of the things in my work of of the thing, the places that uh, work takes you is uh, working very closely with Juan Felipe Herrera, a former U.S. Mm -hmm. Poet Laureate. And um, in the middle of the pandemic, early in the pandemic, actually, he was talking about my first book and um, saying, well, your poem, the poem I read just a while ago, actually, uh, they start at the top and they go down. And but what happens if a poem just kind of takes root and goes up? What happens if a poem goes uh, or takes sprouts and goes up or takes root and goes down and maybe it goes on forever? So we start talking about this idea of an infinite poem. So there's sort of this infinite idea down towards the bottom um, that I'll get to and you'll see because it's going to turn over on itself. And in a way, I could keep going forever, but I won't. I won't. <laughs> so the title is Cada Día Más Cerca del Fin del Mundo, uh, Every Day Closer to the End of the World. In the scrolling, witness a logging machine annihilate a tree into parts. This is social media. 20 seconds, a buzzing fells, strips of portions, the once breathing into a quiet slumber, echo amplification in rib cage, affixed as crown in the fence coffin lights. Of kindling, understanding the mechanisms of production, no, the automated is never of scarcity, but of mass replications. Acres never seized or ceased. My tongue slips into the mind gulp desert, forest jungle cleaved into the flatness of the fabulous not a single trunk will fuel fossil outcome transmittal horizon left pile 1.5 degree centigrade corpus no silent above outwork choking institutional pre-industrial kernel landstone levels air Atmospheric, effluent, visible fall, debris well, denial plume, logic failure, epic obliterate, deprivation unfavorable, monitoring wholeness, fuel fossil, land choking, no left, fuel fossil, atmospheric, debris, logic deprivation, outcome stone, institutional silent pile, outcome, effluent well, failure unfavorable. Transmittal levels pre-industrial above 1.5 degrees centigrade. Transmittal visible, denial epic monitoring. Horizon error, kernel outwork corpus. Horizon fall, plume, obliterate wholeness. Where will whale? What was bird? Where forest? What ocean? Where living? Air. That was beautiful. Thank you, Anthony, for, for sharing <laughs> that. That was, a, yeah, I mean, just to hear sort of those kernels of phrases that we sort of take for, you know, uh, take as, as now background and how, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how I think it is the job of, of artists and poetry to kind of foreground those, the, that amnesia a little bit about what we're talking about yeah. today and yeah. throughout this show and this weekend of, of a variety yeah. of, in a variety of ways. Um, yeah. so, you know, I, I appreciate that about your work and sort of that, Thank that you. highlighting of, of important pieces of history of, 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 uh, 
forgotten and kind of over overlooked and and intentionally overwritten um, uh, histories mm-hmm. and narratives that that, yeah. uh, that uh, they're doing. Yeah. I um uh, yeah I wanted to say um also just maybe you, you mentioned Juan Felipe Herrera and I know there's yeah. a bunch of uh, you know, we have a few more minutes and, yeah. you know, sort of name check uh, <laughs> that amazing poet first and, and his influence yeah. on you. Um, and yeah. I also I also read an interview where you were talking about one of our one of my favorite poets and the favorite son of San Francisco, you know, uh, Francisco Alarcón, as an yeah. influence, the those yeah. snake poems. Um, tell me a little bit yeah. about that. The, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, so I've, you know, I received... Um, I've been educated K through 12 and then college on down here in Fresno. Um, so, you know, Fresno Unified School District and then Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people I went to school literally just down one street. Uh, my high school and Fresno State are literally on the same avenue. Um, so so it's kind of it's kind of like that. But in my final year of undergraduate work, um, I was I needed one more class to um my final semester, actually, I need one more class to, you know, have, be eligible for financial aid and be a full-time student. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take a Chicano and Latino. Uh, it was just I said Chicano Latino studies. It wasn't like Chicanx and Latinx studies or Latin American studies or anything like that. It was, you know, this was 20 plus years, 20 years ago now. And I just took the class. I, you know, the Herrera. I don't know who that is. I'll take it. Okay. Turned out the chair of the the CLS department at the time was Juan Felipe Herrera who introduced me to a whole broad spectrum of, of artists, um, but also to writing. And it was sort of the first time that I'm considered myself even a writer, um, just because I was uh, given permission to write um, and write, in a, write just whatever, not, not having any sort of notions of, of grandeur or tension, just, just make some art. And that was really liberating. And it was really interesting because, you know, he goes off and becomes and goes on his own journey as uh, he goes to UCR and becomes a creative writing faculty there and then becomes California Poet Laureate, Laureate National Poet Laureate. But then our, our paths cross across again, maybe 15 years later. And, you know, he, you know, had planted these seeds with me. And suddenly now, 15 years later, I'm coming back to get an MFA. Um, he's in the midst of a laureateship. And we're able to, like, sort of have this, like, 20-year now friendship, essentially, where I consider him both, like, a mentor and friend. Um, and that's been very meaningful for me because, um, you know, his the, the way that he both works both on the page but in that community with others has always been something that's inspired me and something that i always am thinking about obviously in our conversation that's come up um but just not being closed to new ideas to new ways of thinking um and i think that's like you know he's always someone who's like you know have you heard this or seen this new thing or i was reading the science magazine and it's it's never it's it never stops and he's always learning and always pushing himself and I think for myself, that's something I, you know, want to do as well. Just keep pushing myself and keep learning and staying open to new new ways and new ways of thinking. And it's, you know, taken me very uh, a very wonderful relationship with him. I just finished last year a translate a retranslation of his book Acrylica mm-hmm. with Noemi. Um, but also, I've been working in his archive and you know doing gallery exhibits of some of his work because one of the things that you know, being that close with him that, you know, not as, that isn't often discussed is that, you know, he has an artistic practice, like a visual art, art practice too, that he does alongside his work. 
And so being able to share that has been very meaningful for me. Um, but in that same way, he introduced me to a whole host of other writers. Andres Montoya um, was a, a late Fresno uh, poet who he shared his book. And it was like the first time I saw like my own histories inside of a book, you know, gang violences in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and that was very meaningful because it gave me the permission that, oh, I can talk about these things. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, Robert Frost, you know, down, I, you know, on the road less traveled. Um, but things that felt a little bit more meaningful to me um, as a writer or as just like someone inquisitive. And um, and Alarcon was one of those. And I remember one of my friends actually through the Hmong American Writer Circle, um, he was going, he had published a chapbook in Sacramento and he said, oh, I'm going to go publish a book. I'm going to go launch my chapbook out there and here's who's reading. And one of them was Francisco X. And I was like, oh, Oh, I gotta go. And this was literally, you know, two hours till the reading. We're in Fresno. It's like two and a half hours away, but we made it on time somehow. Um, <laughs> and it was wonderful to meet him and sort of see and hear someone as wonderful and loving as, as, as him. And I know Juan Felipe and Francisco had a very close friendship for many years in the late seventies, early eighties when they were at Stanford, but to see sort of this sort of, other side of the coin of like the same like artistic being mm -hmm. and just the nurturing and love that he showed to us is just like baby writers of saying hey yeah you should write you should do that you should it was very impactful and you know in my, the back of my head I'm like oh my god Francisco is just talking to us like like we're people you know mm -hmm. oh my goodness <laughs> and that that did have a lasting impact too and sort of that work of thinking through languages of thinking through histories um, I think still to this day, still kind of goes back, um, goes back to that title from the Sons of Comet. Never forget the source. Right. You know, I'm right. not, you know, yeah, I do experimental things. Yeah, I'm trying to push myself, but I don't think anything's new, right? Like these are just, these are just extended conversations I'm having with Juan Felipe, with Francisco X Alarcon, with whoever, who, whoever out there in the, in the universe is sort of having those those sort of thoughts over the decades and sort of how do they transmit them now to this moment? Beautiful. Well, thank you for, for those thoughts. And I, I kind of <laughs> want to try to maybe sneak in another poem before we have to switch out um, and maybe tell you a little, and, and maybe have you pick out of all the really great music. I was so excited by your playlist, which we'll play yeah. most of later. Maybe think of a track you want to outro with and, and we can. Um, I think Natalie Laforcade, Hasta la Raiz. Yeah, beautiful. And, work. and I'll do a quick one because I know we're short on time. Yeah. Um, um, oh, Beso de Piedra. There are things I want to do that I know I cannot. I have walked into my own dreams and made demands. Everyone laughed. I did not fly or wake or evaporate or burn. I sat and listened to the laughter. I am not surprised. I have tilled the desert, made grain, made God, made fruit. In the dream I tell a boy, the hourglass holds all the land, and I cannot undo what I dismantle. He stares and doesn't laugh, offers his palm that is split open. He says the whole takes what the whole takes. Maybe I am next, maybe you are, or maybe we are already on the other side. How a stone floor cracks to analog the stable. Mm -hmm. Thank, thank you so you, much, Bob. Thank you so much. And we're going to play now, not to, not to, <laughs> I'm sorry, Natalie Lafourcade, um, the wonderful track. Um, oh, man, where is it? Here it is. 
And sorry for the... Let's see if we can get this going without this, but... Uh, yes. Um, this is KXSF LP San Francisco. We've been talking with um, Anthony Cody from... Uh, who is actually a part of a number of uh, things. We're going to hear uh, from uh, James Tracy and other organizers, with any luck, of the uh, Howard's Inn Book Fair this coming Sunday, uh, a renewal uh, coming back from from post-pandemia, and uh, an amazing full day of programming, of panels, of poetry readings and book uh, launchings, and Anthony will be reading uh, uh, there, uh, when is it, at, uh, I had it here, but I believe if you check out, if you stay tuned and check out Howard's, the Howard Zinn Book Festival, uh, hzinnfair.org, uh, you'll see uh, those schedules. I believe it is 10.30 in the morning, and... Um, that is on Sunday, as well as the 20th anniversary of MAP coming up, reading at the wonderful Medicine for Nightmares bookstore as part of MAP. Uh, 10, uh, a, oh, well, here it is. 10.30 uh, to 12, Sunday in room 214 at the City College Center uh, there at Mission and 20, er, I'm sorry, Valencia and 22nd. Um, and also uh, as part of MAP on Saturday the 2nd at Medicine for Nightmares Bookstore uh, on Treat and 24th Street, 7 p.m., a variety of amazing things, and we'll get into that uh, uh, as well. But, yeah, to begin, this is Hasta la Raiz, Natalie, uh, Natalia Lafourcade. Thanks so much.
crezca vas a estar aquí Aunque yo me acuta tras la montaña Encuentro un campo lleno de caña No habrá manera mi rayo de luna que tú te vayas Well, I just wanna go to work And get back home something I just want to fall in line and do my time and be something well I just want to prove my worth on the planet earth and be something I just want to fall in love and not fuck it up and feel something but lately don't understand what I am Treated as a fool Not quite a woman or a man This is Cakes, SFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM My apologies for the F word there I was yeah, doing too much But I'm going to rewind this and get that this time But, uh... I want to let you know that KXSF is underwritten by Amoeba Music with locations in Berkeley and San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury District and in Hollywood, California. Amoeba Music is a source for music, movies, and more. Amoeba Music can also be found on the web at amoeba.com. Thank you, Amoeba Music, and thanks to all of our underwriters for their continued support of 102.5 FM KXSF 102.5 FM San Francisco Community Radio and you know despite all the technical difficulties and uh, that slight buzz I have to apologize I think I'm still sorting that out Uh, I want to thank Anthony Cody for coming through reading from his amazing work Uh, Borderland Apocrypha, as well as the rendering, talking about art and memory and moving forward. Again, you can catch uh, Anthony and uh, Chan Webster in dialogue and reading as part of the Howard Zinn Book Fair this coming Sunday at the Mission Campus of the City College of San Francisco on uh, Valencia and 22nd. Um, and uh, that is, uh, that's in room 214 from 1030 to 12. Also as part of MAP on the Saturday evening uh, at Medicine for Nightmares Bookstore. But we'll talk more about that later. And we'll... Play this and come back with, in a little bit, a few more songs and James Tracy from the Howard Zinn Book Fair. Talk about that legacy, keeping those histories alive and engaging in those dialogues that we have to have to move forward. KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM. Thank you. 
I just want to go to work and get back home and be something. I just want to fall in line and do my time and be something. Well, I just want to prove my worth on the planet Earth and be something. I just want to fall in love and not up and feel something. But lately, don't understand what I am. Treated as a fool, not quite a woman or a man. Well, I don't know. I guess I don't understand the plan. Colonized and hypnotized, be something. Sterilized, dehumanized, be something. Well, take your pay and stay out the way. Be something. Ah, do your best, but the rest. Be something. Well, lately it's been mighty hard to see. Just searching for. My lost humanity. I look for you, my friend, but do you look for me? To the 
KXSF LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. And this is Frequency Uplift in the house, sorting through some technical difficulties. But, yeah, little African sounds from Jazz is Dead, instrumentals. course, Roy Ayers in the back. Before that, out of our Poets playlist, and again, thanks to Anthony Cody, author, poet, educator, editor, visual artist. You should check out his books, Borderland Apocrypha and The Rendering, both out on Omidon, Omnidon Press. I do want to take a minute and let you know that support for KXSF is provided by Babylon Burning, San Francisco's oldest screen printer. Babylon Burning is a San Francisco legacy business offering full-service screen printing for your band or company located in San Francisco's Soma District at 939 Howard. Babylon Burning has served the Bay Area since 1976. More information is available on their website at Babylon T. That's B A B Y L O N T E E dot com. So thank you, Babylon Burning, for supporting KXSF, San Francisco Community Radio. This frequency uplift a morning for fighting amnesia, for remembering historical narratives. And those last two tracks from our poet, uh, our poet laureate, our poet, our first Friday's poet. The wonderful Hooray for the Riff Raff and the track Palante, meaning let's go ahead, keep going. A call out wonderful world from Alinda Mariposa Segada, 
or hooray for the riffraff. With some verses and words from the Puerto Rican elegy uh, obituary from Pedro Pietri. Before that, of course, Natalia Lafourcade Hasta La Raiz from her 2015 release, Todo, All of Us. All of it. We're going to carry on and uh, get back on the Zoom with uh, James Tracy in a minute. Uh, I want to, let's go with this. This is uh, also the wonderful, um, the wonderful uh, Poets playlist, actually. Uh, No, actually, this is new music. We're going to go back. Anthony started off with uh, the Sons of Kemet. Uh, of course, Shabaka Hutchings, Theon Cross, um, and Jazz is Dead also released a recent album, uh, or just released, I think on Friday, uh, some remixes and some really incredible stuff from, um, from folks, uh, mostly in the British jazz scene, remixing a variety of people and, uh, Shabaka Hutchings got the nod and the honor of remixing Henry Franklin, Oakland Black Jazz Records guy, incredible musician. And we're going to play one of those tracks again from Jazz is Dead 20, just out, I think, today. This is a track, and we'll break in soon with Howard's and Book Fair folks. James Tracy, uh, author, an organizer, founder of the San Francisco Land Trust, a variety of, of amazing things, including this annual gathering of thinkers, of artists, of activists, the Howard Zinn Book Fair. And we'll talk about that legacy. And speaking of legacies, this is, again, Sons of Kemet and Song for Galliano from the recently remastered and returned to proper ownership, Sons of Kemet, KXSFLP, San Francisco.
What's going on? And that was Sons of Kemet from Burn, song for Galliano. And I am honored and uh, excited to have again on the Zoom. And hopefully, the, may the tech gods be with us. Hanging out with. With James Tracy, author and organizer, uh, one of the co-founders of the Howard Zinn Book Fair this coming Sunday, a bunch of tables and panels and arts and activism um, centered around well the legacy of James Tracy of uh, James Tracy legacy of Howard Zinn. James Tracy is um, a labor organizer working with AFT Local Twenty Twenty One, author of. Uh, the Molotov uh, Ma's Outspoken Word Troop uh, book, also Hillbilly Nationalist Urban Race Rebels and Black Power Community Organizing in Radical Time, as well as Dispatches Against Displacement, Field Notes from San Francisco's Housing Wars. Thanks for joining me. Great. Thanks for having me. Uh, great great to be on your show. Hey, well, thanks for, for coming along. And for all those years and that, this amazing event, tell me a little bit about the genesis of of uh, the Howard Zinn Book Fair. Yeah, well, you know, uh, back in uh, 2014, um, there, you know, there was a bunch of friends that all loved the people's history, not just Howard Zinn's uh, contributions, of course, but all distant history where it started to talk about the need to have kind of a pan left uh, progressive uh, book fair. Uh, we're all book nerds and we all all the founders um, shared, you know, shared, per, you know, the, the personal experience of how useful. Um, engaging with history and theory is when you're actually doing real work out there in the world, learning from those um, who have tried the same thing only, you know, in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, 70s, uh, but also just through our love of books and the kind of the the opening that uh, Howard Zinn's work uh, gave to many people as they were uh, searching for searching for answers about how things were. Um, Howard Zinn uh, was the historian that so many so many people uh, started their started their activist and their or organizing uh, journeys with and their journeys of asking questions. And so it just seemed uh, fitting to um, name name the book fair. 
after him. There were several uh, kind of literary projects going on at the time uh, the people uh, that later became affiliated with Haymarket Books had done a, a, a smaller book fair at the former uh, New College. Uh, we had some some friends that from the anarchist tradition that uh, also you know, also wanted to uh, build something, uh, you know, across the the various political lines of the left. And uh, there's the old Avanti Popolo reading series that we used to put on uh, at City Lights that would encourage Italian-Americans to break from the history of Columbus. So we all kind of came together and started imagining what um, what, a, what a book fair might, uh, might look like. And nine years later, we're still here. Mm. And it's this is a a, a first in person uh, resurgence renaissance in in three years. You guys had to take a break through the pandemic. Um, yeah, tell me a little yeah. bit about that. You did you did some remote uh, stuff. I recall was it last yeah, year? We, last year we did some scattered sided bookstores like uh, Medicine for Nightmares mm -hmm. and uh, some remote stuff just to you know keep keep the team together. Uh, there and uh, spotlight some really important books that were coming out like the anti-fascist futures book that we did uh did an event for um our friends at common notions put together but this is the we're back and it's probably a good thing to remember that on sunday december 3rd uh we are actually asking everybody to to uh to come masked uh because the covid uh, the COVID crisis is just not over with. We had a member of our coordinating uh, crew who got it on Sunday and got it really bad. Uh, I teach at City College in San Francisco. Um, we've seen the spikes go up there. And we still want to do this, right? But we want want to, in the spirit of solidarity, we want to reduce the risk as much as, uh, much as possible. So if you don't have any masks left, which is completely understandable because everyone wanted to get rid of those things as soon as possible. Uh, we have um, we have two thousand KN ninety fives to provide to um, to the community. Well, thank you for that reminder, and just to make sure of, of of supporting our community and trying to keep people safe in this in this time. You know, um, so. Let's talk a little bit about the logistics of it. So it's a full day thing, panels all day, uh, multiple rooms. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about sort of the, the, the schedule, how that works. There's a, uh, It's at the uh, Valencia campus of City College of San Francisco. Yeah, the the wonderful Mission Center at of uh, City College of San Francisco. Keep in mind that uh, just the fact that there's a public working class and immigrant uh, college there is a victory in San Francisco because years ago that site was actually supposed to be condos and that didn't happen. Um, and it now it's a community serving institution. So we have um, we go from ten to ten to six. Uh, we use uh, about fifteen rooms at City College of of San Francisco for the presentation. So we have about we have about sixty sessions this time, which is kind of kind of bonkers. Sometimes, wow. sometimes, sometimes I think we need to cut back um, there. We'll have authors like uh, Robin D.G. Kelly, uh, my favorite historian, uh, Rebecca Solnit, one of my favorite San Franciscans, and uh, you know, you know, many others uh, there sp uh, speaking. The 
panels that I'm most excited about are the future authors ones. The, uh, City College of San Francisco students have kind of self-designed uh, four sessions plus a walk a gentrification walking tour there, and I couldn't be more proud. Right, it's just great to say, okay, here, here's the keys to the room. Go, go for it, guys, and they're just doing some brilliant, uh, some brilliant stuff. But then down in the main floor, uh, we will have uh, eighty exhibitors. Um, selling books, zines, uh, everything uh, to do with the people's history history down there and a lot of activist organizations as well. Excellent. So there is, yeah, uh, there's an amazing panoply, like you said, 60 uh, sessions, lots of readings, including the poet we heard earlier, Anthony Cody, at 1030 in the morning. Um, and... Uh, it goes from ten to six. Is that right? With with yeah. with uh, ten, the panels beginning at about ten thirty. Yeah, ten to um, ten, ten to six. It's exactly right. Tell tell me, uh, let the people know out there. How can people find out the information? What's the best website to like get the schedule and sort of look through that amazing and wealth of offerings there? Uh, just zen zenbookfair uh, dot org. Um, I should also take the opportunity that we could use a few volunteers. We're pretty covered for the day, uh, but we always, uh, you know, I would say that if we get uh, a total of 15 people willing to put up some tables at the end, uh, we're at the bar around the corner um, at, <laughs> uh, by, by 7.30, and if not, uh, me and like three other people are there till 11 o'clock. So I uh, would love it if people could could, uh, could volunteer, stick around uh, you know, from each each one, uh, each one to uh, to each one, of course. Okay, uh, amazing. So, uh, but and also, you know, it's it, it costs something to put these on, and there's lots of expenses. I know you guys are having a benefit, and that's uh, on Saturday night, a, a busy night in the mission. But um, tell us about that as well. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Five eighteen, uh, five five eighteen Valencia to Eric Casada. Uh, center we will have uh, the legendary portland artist mike crenshaw come and share his hip-hop with us uh, mike was also one of the authors of it the it did happen here book and podcast about fighting fascism in the 80s and um, 90s uh, we have dj ripley coming out from philadelphia um, Ananda Steva, personal, you know, my personal opinion, one of the best uh, poets in the Bay Area, and the return of um, Matt Callahan and Yvonne Webb. Uh, those of you who have been in the area for a long time might remember this great political band called the Looters that um, no longer exists, but Matt, uh, Matt is coming coming uh, uh, with us and we'll be performing uh, both Saturday and um, at Sunday. So we'll party like it's uh, 1994 at Club Commotion on 16th Street for a minute. That's that's a great memory. I, I, I should have thought and brought my old um, Commotion uh, magazine records that I still have. And uh, I still got <laughs> still got mine. Those were great. Yeah, they were. Um yeah, what time? What and so again? That is at the Eric Izzada Center um, at five eighteen Valencia. Uh, timing again? I don't didn't put it down. And that's it. That's an early show, so six thirty, and okay. we're going to start pretty, pretty pretty promptly because all of us got to get home and get get rested up for the big big event on Sunday. Excellent. Um, so uh, I guess one a few final things. One wondering um, what what's a uh, 
what kind of uh, organizing do you think has come out of this? I mean, it seems like there has been so much ferment. I mean, I, I've, I've, there's some really interesting panel I noticed towards the end about um, how to how to hone strategy around strikes. And I, yeah, uh, give uh, Gifford Hartman, uh, one of the smartest guys I smartest guys I know. I'm just uh, for my my talk. I uh, was actually just referencing a bunch of his stuff on the Oakland general strike. Uh, super brilliant uh, guy. So we don't know exactly what type of organizing comes out of a book fair. Right. Uh, there's no way of quantifying it unless somebody emails me and says, hey, I got together with five, five, five people at your book fair, listened to Re Rebecca Solnit, and now we're all chained to uh, something <laughs> Chevron. Right. We don't know that. But what I what I hope is that it does two things. One is that uh, it's a welcoming space for new people that want to explore um, progressive ideas of various uh, places on on the political spectrum and make up their own minds and figure and uh, and get involved in some way and the other one is for those of those of us who have uh have been around the block a few times uh, around organizing and activism that we um you know we're we're able to use the thing to really uh up, you know, update our pra praxis by thinking about history and theory, but also in a really real way as like, how's, how's this going to, how's this going to improve our fight for justice? And I guess as a third thing is like, if um, people show up and they remain inspired, you know, during, during these really difficult times to keep going um, and feel a sense of community and um, buy a few good books, then uh, it's also successful that way. Well done. Well, um, thanks again, James. Is there anything else you want to pass on about this? And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to just really encourage people when you look at look at the schedule, is to pick pick at least one that you go to that's not that of a name that you don't recognize. You know, that you know maybe a city college student, or just um, you know some of the people that aren't you know that that might not be be as famous as some of the so, some of the names we have um have there and just give it a try because we, we really have a uh, we have a wealth of smarts and insight coming um and just you know just uh, give you know, try something that you haven't heard heard of before and, uh, and support some of our um new new authors and uh that are that will be there well, excellent. Thank you for, for coming along. And again, um, you can find that out. It's it's zinfair.org. Is that right? Yep. Zin, oh, sorry. Zinbookfair.org. Zinbookfair.org. So Z-I-N-N bookfair.org. Check out the calendar. Pick some, pick, pick, pick your favorite author, but then pick some of those amazing activists and organizers who are coming up from City College of San Francisco um, and support the next generation organizing and get involved in that next generation. Um, and again, 10 to 6 at, uh, at the wonderful uh, Valencia campus of the City College of San Francisco there on Valencia and 20th, 22nd. Um, Great. Great. Well, I'll see you there. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, you have a, you know, usually I ask these of, of the poets who I have coming through. Um, do you have a, a special, I know you have an amazing playlist that I have definitely looked at, uh, uh, an, an anti-fascist playlist. Do you have a song suitable for FM radio that, yeah. uh, <laughs> that you'd like me to play? You know, I'm uh... 
I've def I've definitely gone gone back in the time machine a little bit um and have been on a steady diet of the Mekons and the Gang of Four, the leads mm. leads political bands, two of my favorites. Yeah. So uh yeah, take up uh uh take a take a pick. Um I would say yeah, uh, gang of four to hell with poverty would be fantastic. Okay. Uh, you know, I just, when you said the Mekons, I, I went there and, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite songs that I just listened to, I'm going to play that. And then I'll play gang of four is the Mekons brutal. When we're talking about, uh, the history and the hidden narratives and fighting against amnesia. Oh, and being able to uh, be, yeah, being able to dance to the revo revolution i love the, love the mekons they're like right i've probably learned more about uh, europe european left history by listening to them than any of the hopswam books or anything like that <laughs> right on thanks james for coming through and again check out the howard zinn book fair at the city college campus on valencia uh 10 to 6 sunday the 3rd all right all right thanks so much and this is the Bye. mekons brutal Uh, here is the Mekons, Brutal. Here we go. One more time. It's one of those days. Voila.
Israeli crisis is again catching countless innocent children in the crossfire. The Bay Area chapter of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund is one of many nonprofits organizing relief efforts. For 27 years, the PCRF has helped in providing urgent humanitarian care for Gaza's children. For more information, go to at PCRFSF on Facebook or online at PCRF.net. This message is brought to you by KXSF Acts. Thank you out there in Radio Land. This is KXSFLP San Francisco. Frequency uplift in effect. Despite technical difficulties. On the background, We Day Grow from the new record from Togo All Stars Spirits. On a day for, well, fighting against amnesia. All the gaslighting, all the half-truths and uh, what passes for facts in some quarters. But uh, thanks again to James Tracy of the Howard Zinn Book Fair for coming through. Check that out at zinnbookfair.org. An incredible set of... uh, Panels and uh, readings and organizing uh, strategy sessions throughout Sunday from 10 to 6 at the Mission Campus on Valencia, Valencia and 22nd. There at, uh, uh, yeah, from 10 to 6, City College of San Francisco Mission Campus. All free. But if you can, there is also a benefit on Saturday night. Big night in the city. We're going to give some props to MAP for their Mission Arts and Performance Project for their 20th anniversary, as well as the 40th anniversary to talk about, but uh, we'll get there when we get there. Fighting amnesia, fighting cultural erasures here on San Francisco Community Radio. But I wanted to tell you tell you what we heard. Again, thanks to James Tracy. Check out the Howard Zinn Book Fair, zinnbookfair.org. All Sunday, 10 to 6, we heard new music from some more other local heroes. Talked about Matt Callahan and the Looters. Maybe I'll dig up some of that for later. Uh, But we heard from Consolidated 
the remix album uh, just out in, I think it was in July of 23 on End of Records. We're already there. The remixes. We heard Who Controls the Past, appropriately enough. The Adrian Sherwood, Sherwood Electro Mix. Then before that, at James Tracy's request, Gang of Fours, To Hell with Poverty. And uh, my, the minute he said the Mekons, this song came to mind, especially on the theme of Against Amnesia, remembering the contested histories. History is written by the victors, and it is our job to keep those unwritten narratives alive. The Mekons with Brutal from Heaven and Hell, 2004. And thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a little more. A little more and then come back with, uh, with this gentleman. And then we'll be, uh, yeah, I want to make sure you know, though, you know, San Francisco Community Radio is all volunteer-driven, all volunteer-run, uh, you know, persistently short of cash, as we all are. So you can support the Howard's Inn Book Fair by going to that party at the Eric Azada Center on Saturday night at 6 p.m., um, uh, 6.30 p.m. Uh, some great stuff with Matt Callahan and the looter, or, or the one-time looters, uh, as well as... Mike Crenshaw and some other folk. And come along early as he asked for to volunteer. But, you know, here at KXSF, we are also all volunteer-driven, all volunteer-run. We got all sorts of things and plans in the mix, including uh, our live sessions, which come every Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. on Sunday the 10th. Not this coming, but the next Sunday, you can tune in and hear a live in-studio, Valley Holly and the Wanderers. And if you want to get involved and bring your band here, email us at KXSF, KXSF Live at KXSF.FM. Or if you want to volunteer, volunteer at KXSF.FM. We can certainly use some more hands, and truth be told, we could use some of that cold, hard cash. So... Go on the website, check out all our amazing offerings, show archives, live sessions, all of that, and hit that little donate button. Whatever you can, at the end of the year, we are a tax-deductible charity to the fullest extent of the law, as they instruct me to say. So please do, if you can. But again, I digress from what I was about to do. Stay tuned after the Frequency Uplifted one for this gentleman. And we're going to come back with some more, some more music and another thank you. KXSF LP San Francisco 102.5 FM. Drawing from his life work, absorbing the vast terrain of all recorded music, each week, Gage Kennedy expertly curates bespoke programs which lean rock but reveal connections between genres, eras, continents, and cultures. Plus, he always includes long sections that sound like an old motor sputtering or ominous, crackly, metallic static. It's off the hook. Fridays, 1 to 4 on KXSF LP 102.5. When the moon cracks and separates 
looks into the solar system when the stratosphere heals back its layers of protection and particles that float in the air catch fire advocate
Hi, this is Shabaka Hutchings and you're listening to KXSF.FM. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Shabaka. And we're going to play some more of Shabaka. I found the track finally. Some new, a new remix by him. But I do, I do and must indeed let you know that it is KXSFLP San Francisco. It is noon. How the time flies. And I miss, to, miss this acknowledgement as well that support for KXSF comes from Dress San Francisco, a fashion boutique located in the heart of the city's marina district. Dress carries a wide range of contemporary clothing and jewelry designs with collections and styles to fit any occasion from work to weekend from daytime to nighttime. Dress is located at 2271 Chestnut Street between Scott and Pierce. Shoppers can buy in-store or online at DressSanFrancisco.com. Thank you, Dress San Francisco, for supporting us here at San Francisco Community Radio. Let me tell you what we're hearing and heard. This is new music from Le Mama du Congo, uh, the incredible sort of women's collective, but with some of the remixing and, and beats provided by Francis Robin. That's with two R's. We're hearing from the new release on Jarring Effects Records, Yamizore Lamentation. Before that, the wonderful South African singer, uh, an interesting yeah, kind of lyrical force, Nakane, her new release on ba- called Bastard Jargon, Tell Me Your Politic, and that was featuring the vocals of Moonchild Sanily and Niall Rogers. Before that, we heard... New music from Chicago's Damon Locks, a really fun little interlude of sorts. Support the youth with sound from New Future City Radio on International Anthem. That's in collaboration with guitarist, multi-instrumentalist, really, Roy, Rob Mazarek. And that brought us back to the last break with Consolidated Who Controls the Past, the Adrian Sherwood Electro Remix. And uh, I want to let you know, one of the things that uh, I was involved uh, with back in the day, this is a, a day of remembering, or a, a weekend, really, of fighting erasures, of creating culture, and of moving forward while holding on to those narratives that those in power would rather not remember. But there is a really interesting thing. If you were ever involved with... Vandenberg or Livermore actions, uh, trying to stop the nuclear arms race and the nuclear cycles, the development and deployment of of nuclear weapons, both at Livermore and the testing of the the MIRV weapon, the MX missiles at uh, Vandenberg back in 1983. Well, it's a 40th anniversary of that. And as our, our... Megatrends DJ Pat Fahey will deal with next Wednesday. Um, basically, even though that album, that that missile got deployed 
the mass actions that were done had a major effect, at least in the thought of, of the need to move towards disarmament, given the level of resistance that was put up. Um, according to none, a source none less than Robert McFarlane, the security chief under Reagan. But that's a story for, for Pat to tell. Pat Fahey, Megatrends, next Wednesday, uh, 2 to 3 p.m. But also, if you were if you ever out there you listening, you know, people from back in that organizing day, uh, Saturday, December 2nd, from 4 to 8, a 40th anniversary reunion and strategy session. The idea to develop ideas for changing the course of history, for confronting these forever wars we find ourselves in. But uh, that will be from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Berkeley Fellowship of Universe, Unitarian Universalists. So the UU building there at 1924 Cedar at Berkeley. Again, 4 to 8, 1924 Cedar Avenue in Berkeley. Check that out if you are interested. And if you, especially if you are more, more to the point, uh, not um, undercover, and uh, are interested in moving forward with some strategy against this insane war economy that we find ourselves in and destroyed by as a people calling again for ceasefire. And so let's carry on. I meant to play this. This is that remix of Henry Franklin, of Henry Franklin's uh, work by uh, the Jazz's Dead Crew and bringing in Shabaka Hutchings at the controls, of course, Adrian Young, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and Mr. Shabaka Hutchings on some of his perhaps last sax work again putting aside the sax for the flute at the, and closing down all those wonderful bands that have kept us going. So here's a little taste of new music or new, the new creative work of Mr. Shabaka Hutchings. Henry, Flank, Henry Franklin's African Sun remixed. Jazz is dead 20. Uh, here we go. KXSFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. Okay, here we go.
And that is the Jazz's Dead Crew new remixes of Henry Franklin's longtime Oakland mainstay in the black jazz scene back in the 60s, 70s. The remix of African Sun by Shabaka Hutchings on Jazz's Dead 20, of course, Adrian Young, Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Want to let you know that Old Jerusalem is proud, proud, proud to underwrite KXSF 102.5 FM, a small family-owned Mediterranean restaurant with a beautiful heated outdoor patio. Old Jerusalem is 16 years in the heart of the mission. Their West Bank cuisine is a traditional spread of Middle Eastern delights. Check them out at www.oldjerusalem.co or visit at 28966 Mission at 26th, two blocks from 24th Street, Bart in San Francisco. Thank you, Old Jerusalem, for supporting KXSF LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. The escalating Palestinian-Israeli crisis is again catching countless innocent children in the crossfire. The Bay Area chapter of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund is one of many nonprofits organizing relief efforts. For 27 years, the PCRF has helped in providing urgent humanitarian care for Gaza's children. For more information, go to at PCRFSF on Facebook or online at PCRF.net. This message is brought to you by KXSF Acts. And in the background, local music from Camilla Boutros. Her album Refuge of last year was a favorite and made my lists for sure. And look forward to that. This is Dreaming of Ramallah and thinking about those in Palestine and, and in Israel, but those who are under the threat and Collins for ceasefire again. And into lethal aid. But uh, yeah, let me talk a little bit. Uh, we're excited to have uh, a amazing uh, community project represented. 20 years uh, of MAP in the Mission, Mission Arts and Performance Project. And one part of that is a, a venue for want of a better term, a, a beautiful street project called the Mission Greenway, a uh, right-of-way, a thoroughfare common in the Mission, most of which are turned to parks and public space of the old key line system, the positive, the, the wonderful, um, uh, uh, you know, common railway we had uh, before the prevalence of car culture dismantled for profit but uh we'll go there but i'm uh excited to have in the zoom waiting room again mike lopez a community gardener a uh, mainstay of this mission greenway project and we can uh turn on the video and you know you can't see that but certainly i can and uh and here we are with uh with mike whoops let's turn this down and bring mike up here we go how are you mike i'm i'm, I'm okay today 
I got to do a variety of things here. There we go. Can you hear me well? Uh, yeah, I can hear you fine. I had just had too many sources going on. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's been a day of, of confusion and technical difficulties. But I trust you're well, sir. Say that again? Uh, you're doing well? How are you okay, this fine great. morning? Or afternoon, uh, it's a really? Fine morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If well, anything, I, a bit hungry. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try not to keep okay. you too long from lunch, and, That's and okay, yeah. I, I, you know, I hope uh, everybody out there in Radio Land is is getting a break now from their work and their travails. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, let's let's uh, talk about a little bit about the Mission Greenway project. I gave an introduction, a wonderful kind of space uh, across from Parque de los Niños uh, on Treat from 23rd to 22nd. And you're involved mm -hmm. as a gardener uh, in this project. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so I, I saw it just like a lot of people saw it just walking around. In my 13 years in San Francisco, I have noticed that space for a while. And then eventually I noticed it in the last couple of years as a garden, right? So eventually I, I went to a couple of weekends and, and asked them, like, how could I help? And eventually I started uh, taking care of a couple of the planters. And my main project there for the last uh, four or five months have been building the irrigation system that we use for most of the planters mm. because it's an unknown plot of land. There is no running water. So we need to be very careful. All the water that we use has to be carried from the outside or donated by neighbors. So we have to be very careful. We, we cannot just like uh, spread water easily. Mm -hmm. So I was working, I'm also a ceramicist. I was working on making... Uh, fire uh, bisque fireplace of pot, pots of clay that get buried underground and those act as irrigation system oh, beautiful so for the last the last four months that has been my main task kind of it kind of, a bit of like the infrastructure of the garden mm. well the, so i the, was there constantly uh -huh. the the garden is a, is a wonderful community project and again on a on kind of land that's been reclaimed and and land that was in the public uh for many years, anyway, as as part uh, uh, of yeah. the key line system, really public mm -hmm. and public and common property of the people of San Francisco, but that has has yeah. is under threat now and under contest. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with this and uh, and I yeah. So the land, as far as we can understand the legal status, it's unowned. Like there is a series of quick claims, which is documents that specify that you don't have a say on a piece of land, mm -hmm. but doesn't say who owns the land. So the main situation with the plot of land is it's it's unknown if there is an owner to a, to a degree. So given that, pretty much everyone that uses it is it's kind of a squatter, right? Mm. So under that pretense, some of the neighbors wanted to start uh, a garden to use this, this, this piece of land. And so far, it, it was working pretty well. Like we have had some difficulties with some of the neighbors who use the space mostly as a parking space. But to be sincere, or at least from my perspective, for the last several months up until now that it's closed, we had like a more or less like peaceful uh, situation with everyone. Like we had our own door with which we would enter to keep the garden. Every Sunday it would be open. Mm. The folks that park their cars there will have also their own door. Uh, so it was to, to a degree an accommodation. Like yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And from my perspective, the the folks that we have had the issues with, the school and monkey brains, 
they're neighbors, right? So they're going to stay there. So it felt to me that our best chance there is to be in good terms of there, even if we have had difficulties behind. Mm-hmm. And I feel the garden was uh, uh, moving towards that direction. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be all there for a while and we all are kind of a squatters. Uh, so it seemed to me like the best thing to do forward is to be in good terms with them mm. and try to figure out like how to, how do everyone uses uh, the space there. So uh, I, at the end of the day, yeah. it's kind of what we wanted, right? The space to be used by the community. Exactly. I mean, uh-huh. everyone should have a right to that, though I understand, you know, that, that locks have been put up and security has been yep. hired by one of those people to try and push out the garden. Can you talk about that? Yeah. How long has that been going on? I think at this point it's been like a month mm. or maybe a bit more than a month. Yeah. So we have been a bit lucky that we have had some rain. So the plants are still there. Um, we have some of the neighbors that live closer, keep an eye on the planters. So the things have not been destroyed. Uh, but at this point we cannot enter mm. because the, the fence was redone and there is someone posted to, to guard the fence. Uh, so private so security we, we, by this corporate yeah. entity, monkey brains. Yeah. So. Which to me seems very sad because they are like, it's private security to prevent people from gardening. Mm-hmm. Like this garden that we were using, it was not, we were not impeding the use of monkey brains of, of like entering or exiting, neither the school or neither anyone that had the keys. So I felt like we were not getting in the way of, of anyone else. Mm. Um, we, we had our, our piece of garden there. And, and now like, Private security has been put there to prevent that use. And are they making claims on the land as a, as their private property at this point? Or it seems like they as must be if they're if they're acting in that way. So I have like limited understanding on this. My the the way that I have that it has been explained to me is that they contacted some of the owners of part of the plot of land. Those owners filed quit claims, mm. which means they're, they're saying like, we're no longer owners. And by only showing part of the documentation that they have, they can argue that they, they may be owners of a percentage of a part of the plot, mm. which is enough to get a permit for working on the fence. And that's how they work on the fence. And the main legal issue here is because they paid for this fence, now they have a claim for that, that the fence is their property. Mm-hmm. So if anyone brings it to that fence, they can claim that they're damaging private property. Mm. Well, uh, well, be- restricting the... community use at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the fence itself was in a more ambiguous state because there was really no owner. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't claim, for example, the door that we have was cut or out in the fence. Mm-hmm. So no one could claim that they're damaging the property because the fence have no 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 pro- proprietor, right? Right. So that was a bit of uh, the way that the gardeners were moving in by cutting this piece of land, not damaging it. We were cutting and had a door that was built, mm-hmm. uh, but under the pretense that nobody owns this, so nobody can can. There is no liability on doing this. But now that the, that the fence has been paid with a permit by someone, then anyone that tries to damage that fence could be held liable. And we are gardeners. Like we, it, it is not our intention to go and like being damaging property. Yeah. 
So uh-huh. what is the is is do you know is there kind of legal recourse? Are you trying to um so appeal a, to the city? What's what's the next step for the Greenway Commons there the that you guys I have a personal project of trying to get the all the deeds that are relevant to this uh to this plot of land and annotate them mm-hmm. so that they are easily understandable, but I haven't been able to due to a lack of time, uh mostly with job related stuff. I haven't been able to move that project forward. Mm. Well, uh-huh. but my hope, Go on. my hope is that if we get all the documents and and they are easier to understand, because understanding the deeds is like very, uh, it's a very complicated system. Then it could be easier to argument with any entity like police or the or the board of appeals or permits if if they are actually the owners. Mm-hmm. There is a chance that they are actually the owners, in which case like good for them but the suspicion right now is that they don't have a legal uh like a legal ownership of the of the plot of land that they mentioned yeah that seems like it's contested and are are there it is contested yeah are there other sort of legal steps ways people can become involved in in this or support you guys in retaining access to the to the space can you hear me okay Hold on. Actually, hold on. Something's going on again with the mics here. Let's see. Hello? Can you check? Check, check. No, no. Okay. Okay, this is not good. Again, the... Let's see if we can get this in. Check, check. Nope, that's not working. What's wrong again? Nope, not there. Okay. Can you hear me again? Okay, but I can't hear you. Um, well, I, I think uh, I, this has been a day of technical difficulties. My apologies to, to uh, my guests. Mike Lopez, um, maybe maybe uh, Mike, if you want to call in on that line, we could try to wrap this up, and uh, maybe we'll end this. Um, but I want to say that uh, uh, we we are uh, KXSF, and we do um, you know the, try to bring these kind of community issues to you. Part of my motivation in doing this as well, I, I know people who are gardeners as well as Mike. Uh, also to, to know and to acknowledge that this Greenway has also been a community venue in the 20-year-long Mission Arts and Performance Project, a thing that happens every other month um, throughout the North Mission, or the South Mission. And, and maybe we can get Mike back here. So let's see if we can do that. There we go. And turning on this phone. Okay, Mike, are you there? Check, check, Mike. Yes, I can hear you. This is great. Perfect. So you know now changing medium public here. Yeah, we are. We are. We are in uh, multiple technology zones here. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, you know, I I just want to. 
again ask you uh, is is there beyond sort of coming down to the greenway this saturday i was beginning to talk about map that the mm -hmm. mission arts and performance project has been going on for 20 years and during the life of the mission greenway there at 567 treat between 22nd and 23rd it's also mm -hmm. been a venue in this uh semi-monthly um uh, Really, a, a community-led DIY art crawl, all community curated and driven in in people's homes and in public spaces, in taquerias, in panaderias, in in all sorts of uh, different venues. And mm -hmm. it's a this, great event. It is a wonderful event. And this Saturday mm -hmm. is the 20th anniversary. You can look them up at uh, mapsf.org or on on Facebook. Look on the social media. However, uh, you know, they are going to uh, have an event uh, beginning with uh, produce and grocery distribution at 12 noon there at the Greenway and the mm -hmm. map gathering starting at 1 with uh, land acknowledgments, the poetry of our one of our, our preeminent poet laureates, Alejandro Murguia, um, nice. as well as other performances. But uh, I wanted to ask you, Mike, uh, how to uh, is there other ways beyond showing up at at the Mission Greenway there on treat between twenty second and twenty third this Saturday in the afternoon? Uh, how can to me, to me the main involved? one is is like to go to the specific event to meet the other neighbors that are working there so that so that you can keep in contact with them. The other thing that I would suggest is to the usual write to your supervisor and mention this. We haven't received much support from Hillary Ronan, but uh, writing and, and voicing that you are concerned about this uh, will eventually bring it to the attention because ultimately it's going to need uh, a bit of government help to figure out what is the what's going to happen to this space. Mm. Well, thank you again, Mike, for coming through. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate you laying out the, the complicated matter, but really, in essence, again, you know, sort of private interests maybe taking away uh, one of our common heritages, this right to garden, this right to create public space. In, in... Yeah, yeah. And a space that was already being used for for something, something towards the community after decades of not being used very much. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. And we've been speaking with Mike uh, Lopez of the, um, the, the Mission Greenway Project. Um, come around and support MAP, the Mission Arts and Performance Project, this Saturday. Um, there's a variety of uh, venues and performances. Uh, the Red Poppy Art House is doing a, a wonderful program of Palestinian and Palestinian-inspired music, uh, the, including the Naima Shalhoub Trio and uh, Radio Havana on Valencia Street. If you go to Howard Zinn's, the, you're going to go to the Howard Zinn Book Fair or the party uh, there at Eric Cazada Center on uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. in benefit of the book fair. Come around uh, Radio Havana that that evening and or around Cafe La Boheme or with the Red Poppy Art House on Saturday. And especially if you're around in the afternoon, check out the Greenway uh, with food distribution beginning at 12 noon at 597 Treat between 22nd and 23rd. Um, Mike, thank you for your work and thank you for your your uh, speaking with me today on the radio. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'll uh, see you around. Bye-bye. See you there. Uh, so again, thanks to everyone um, for tuning in. Stay tuned for Gage is almost in the house, coming through at 1 o'clock. 
I have some more, some of my favorite music. Uh, I'm starting to think about some of my lists um, for this year. And again, uh, some of these will be published soon. Um, we will, again, next week, have a variety of amazing things. If you can support KXSF, uh, at the end of the year, we are a nonprofit and we are um, tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law, as they say. Um, you know, check us out at kxsf.fm. Hit that support button. We also have a trivia night every first Thursday, so Thursday the 7th at 7.30 p.m. at Flanahan's Pub, way out there in the beautiful sunset, uh, or the, yeah, beautiful uh, kind of middle outer sunset. I'd say that's more outer. They're at 45th in Noriega, and certainly on the 10th, check out our KXSF Presents live in the studio, 3 to 4 p.m., Val Holly and the Wanderers, just tune on in. And uh, if you can see through to supporting us, that would be amazing. And, yes, that all being said, why don't we play this music? Uh, I loved this record from an amazing uh, South African jazz pianist. Um, and seems appropriate for the day, thinking about the Zin Festival, thinking about the Mission Greenway, thinking about the history of the Vandenberg Action Coalition and their reunion on uh, on Saturday from 4 to 6, uh, 4 to 8, uh, at the uh, Unitarian Meeting Hall there on 1924 Cedar, the Zinn Fair on Sunday, the Zinn Book Fair on Sunday from 10 to 6 on uh, the Valencia campus of the City College of San Francisco, and thinking about... All the map stuff. Again, you can hear our poet, Anthony Cody, coming through 7 p.m. at Mid-Edison for Nightmares Bookstore, who also is having an upcoming anniversary. Stay tuned. Maybe we'll give him some props next week. But uh, this is, again, one of my favorite records of the year. It's going to be hard to choose to make that list. The incredible uh, piano and composition and activism of Bokani Dyer, uh, the album right out of South Africa, the album Radio Sechaba, referencing one of the underground radios in the fight against apartheid. This is the track Resonance of Truth from Bukani Dyer, KXSFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM, and hopefully it's working. There we go. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for Gage, 1 p.m. Feels like you're always chasing, trying to catch up Running around in circles, don't know who to follow If you don't tell me who's got the map Who are you living for? What are they asking for? Trying to be everyone's favorite Weighs you down every day While you parade in the frenzy Be careful not to run far from Down 
everyone's favorite Weighs you down every day While you parade in the frenzy Be careful not to run far from Apologies, this, oh, there we go. This channel has been problematic all day. But since I have you here, and maybe we'll rewind this. Why did I, I was going to give away some tickets, so let's do that quick. I have tickets, a giveaway for two things. For uh, Tuesday the 12th. Uh, Tuesday the 5th, Tuesday 12, 5, 8 p.m., Golden Vice presents Maxo Sideshow and Dema Hihai at the Brick and Mortar, 8 p.m. show. I also have tickets for the, well, I, I didn't know these guys were reunited or doing stuff again, but the legendary 80s era, 80s, 90s era band Swell at the Independent 21 Plus show, Tuesday the 5th as well as 8 p.m. Give me a call, 415-648-7327. And we're going to go on with Chief Adua's End Simulation here in KXSFLP, San Francisco.
should let you know what's going on this is we just heard chief ajua's end simulation from bark out thunder roar out lightning on my top lists but uh this is the beautiful brandy younger from uh last year unrest number one but i have to let you know about something else that underwriting for KXSF is provided by City Beer, a family-owned community gathering spot to slip sip a fresh draft while mingling with friends old and new. They, may, uh, they do offer a well-curated selection of beer, wine, and cider, both to enjoy on-site or take home at their new place at 853 Valencia Street. There's plenty of seating all there in the heart of the Mission, right across from Mission Playground, in fact. So City Beer, a city San Francisco fixture since 2006, is now located at 853 Valencia between 19th and 20th. Thank you, City Beer, for supporting KXSF San Francisco Community Radio. And hopefully this will maintain and we'll listen to Unrest One, Brandy Younger, as we... Thanks again to our guests, our first Friday's poet, Anthony Cody. You can see him as, as, uh, with his partner Sean Webster at a, a reading as part of the Howard's Inn Book Fair. The other guests, that's on Sunday, 10 to 6 p.m. at the Mission Campus the, on Valencia and 22nd of the City College of San Francisco. And uh, also there's MAP. Mission Arts and Performance Project on Saturday, 20th anniversary. So check that out at all the usual social media locations. MapSF.org as well. But 
check out the Mission Greenway Project. There, with the food distribution and free groceries uh, between uh, 23rd and 22nd on Treat. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Gage. Getting ready to take over with Off the Hook. Stay tuned for all of that. And thank you to City Beer one more time, just because I've got the mic. KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM.
And you've been listening. And you've been listening to the Frequency Uplift. Gage is in the house, ready to go. Beth Custer Ensemble, Empire of the United States. Finishing out with local, another local hero, Akil Mustire. From his Third World EP on strike. Frequency Uplift and out. What's 